You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast, sponsored by Centre by Iris, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. Here are your hosts and founders of the six-figure bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Joe Wood. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm good, Zoe. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well. Super sunny day here. And we are really excited to be joined by Nick Elston today. I heard Nick on a webinar a while ago talking about public speaking. I was like, you are absolutely the person we need to bring into our community to support everyone with feeling more confident and able to get themselves out there. So I'm really grateful for your time, Nick. Um, Nick, how are you doing? You having a good day? Very welcome. Yeah, uh, look, you're, what you'll get from me is honesty, uh, which I think is going to be the theme. And I use a single disarming truth. I tell people exactly how I feel right now in case it all goes horribly wrong. Um, I am a week uh, out of having quite a, a bad bout of COVID. And the one thing that it impacted was my vocal cords, which is kind of screwy as a speaker, really. It's the one thing <laughs> I could have done without being affected. But I've done a lot of vocal coaching this week, and, and um, I think I think we should be good for this. Oh. <laughs> but I'm good. Oh. Other than that, I'm really good. <laughs> Thanks. Good. Oh no, that's awful. Oh, what? I think this like we've all got a COVID story at the moment, haven't we? I think it's <laughs> yes. all going around. Um, I'm pleased. To, I'm pleased that you've been able to make it. Thank you so much. Um, Very welcome. Nick, do you want to start by telling us a bit about what you do? Yeah, I will. So uh, thank you, by the way. Um, So I'm an inspirational speaker on the lived experience of mental health. The first question is, yes, it is a job. Um, I promise you it's a job. Uh, It's been my job for the past six or seven years now. Uh, I share my experiences of mental illness and mental health challenges to help increase engagement in mental health and well-being initiatives and solutions that are out there right now. I'm not solution focused in any way. Uh, but what I find is that people, what they need the most is inspiration and kind of permission to reach out for help when they need it the most. And that's kind of what I do uh, with my other cap on, like quite literally, I've got hundreds of the things. Uh, I am a transformational speaking coach and it's not presentation skills by any stretch, as you'll probably learn through this session. Um, but what I do is focus on emotional storytelling. Uh, and what I found is that speaking has been very transformational in a very therapeutic way for me. Uh, the ability to start to own your story as opposed to your story owning you is huge. And that's what I help people to do. People that have been through adversities and challenges uh, provide a safeguarded space for them to start to share their own experiences. And I can see when you said that, that even though they're two different things, how they very much complement each other. Because like you say, if you can talk and share your story and create that space for other people, but then they need to know how to tell their story in a way that doesn't disarm them and they feel worse off for saying it than, yeah. than you know than just being quiet and saying so so oh my so okay i and i know that we i've, I've heard this saying lots of times you know and we're in business as bookkeepers and accountants in practice you know facts tell and stories sell and sometimes people especially in our industry feel like we're safe talking about numbers and facts and tax legislation. And that sometimes can be a bit um, boring for people on the other side to listen to. And actually our superpowers are just really our truth and our honesty. And people really can connect with people more when they share, but Mm. it can feel quite scary to be honest and put yourself out there. I mean, where do you start thinking about, and, and so many people we hear as well, 
then he, Zoe, well, I haven't got a story. There's, there's, I haven't, there's nothing mm. about me. Where does someone start thinking about what is their story? Do you know what is 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 very true? I think vulnerability is the biggest superpower we have if we use it in the right way. The reason why we feel comfortable talking about facts and numbers is because actually there's no fear in there. Uh, Harvard considered public speaking a greater fear than death. We fear ridicule more than we do dying, which is crazy, but that's also the conditioning we're fighting against. But in my years of coaching people to speak publicly, they're not really afraid of public speaking. They're afraid of rejection, which is a really human fear, that being ridiculed or kind of rejected or dismissed. And and that's why it's safer to stick to the kind of the really dry, fact-based kind of presentation stuff, I guess. In terms of how you tell your story, for me, it was kind of, I realized that, especially when I started to speak in 2012, that people weren't used to hearing the truth with capital T's. They weren't, and I think especially, it had to be said, especially from a six foot four, 20 odd stone guy, talking about kind of mental illness and things. But what I found was that the truth was, was absolutely liberating. It built a depth of relationship with people far stronger and deeper and faster than any superficial message will ever deliver. And by me sharing my stuff, it empowered others to share their stuff. And not just about mental illness and all the stuff that I kind of have experienced, but about sexuality and race and gender and uh, addiction and grief and abuse. All these things that we experience, we just don't talk about. And um, what I find is, like I said, that we can in life, we can very easily be owned by our stories. But that same energy that would destroy us can be used as a catalyst to go forward if we only use it in the right way. You do absolutely have to manage your emotional well-being effectively when you start to deliver your story but it's the most liberating process that you could ever experience. Oh my goodness. Um, there's, there's so much I need to ask you. Um, <laughs> All these rabbit holes jumping in. I know, yeah. I know. With the story part, like how do, what do you think, what do people want to hear from us? Like what, what is it we should be sharing? So I think that the mistake we make, and I think it comes down to, there's a lot of kind of ego in speaking that we, we see speakers as, kind of people like Tony Robbins or those kind of, but actually your ability to speak is essentially your ability to deliver any message, whether it's to one or two people or 10,000 people or a million people on a video. So actually your ability to deliver any message with power and emotion and clarity has an ultimately defining impact on your success by your own definition in personally and professionally. So for me, it's not just about speaking in the, in the way that we understand it. It's about being able to deliver any message. I think the mistake we make when we think about being vulnerable is that we have to dump everything out there all in one go. And that is not wise. <laughs> I've been through counseling and therapy long enough to realize that's not a good thing to do. Um, but what I do kind of see in every example um, through the work that I do and the events that I run, that when we start to see our stories from an audience perspective, when we start to replay our stories from a third party perspective, what would people learn from your experiences? What are the value of your experiences? Can you inspire people to go through uh, the same situation in an easier way, in a softer way, in a more inspirational way? And a lot of us have experienced like big, heavy subjects. And an audience doesn't want to be walked through things like mental illness or domestic abuse or lots of other things that people share because we kind of know how that looks. But what they want to know is how did you come back from that point? How can we come back from that point? And recognize that when this stuff resonates with us, we've got every every kind of um, desire to sort that out for ourselves. So what we're trying to do is to sow the seeds of inspiration in people by sharing our experiences that some may consider taboo. 
but that's kind of why we're doing what we do the way that we do it as you guys do that's so interesting and think the way you just said that i think that's really what drove us at the beginning to start this business because something that i thought that no one shared in our industry was the failures it was all about passing exams and sharing your qualification and then going out and getting clients there wasn't a space to talk about i don't know how to price or i don't know I, I don't know this business side of things. I've got all these qualifications and they, and the, and the profession kind of made us feel like, well, you're, you know, all the numbers. So surely you just need to do the work. And, and, and I had in my story and, and, and I'd started sharing my story and was the fact that I had four failed bookkeeping practices before I've got this one that's a success. And, mm. and this, this is what drove us to start this up. Cause I was, I was saying to Zoe, I now have the answer. I now know what to do. And I really want to tell bookkeepers about it and accountants because I don't want them to have to go through this 20 years to get here. So I hadn't really, I hadn't seen it from that point of view, but that's exactly what we started doing. It said, it's okay if you haven't got this right. You're not, you're not taught it. You're not born a business owner. And actually the biggest problem we found was that no one actually recognized themselves as a business owner. They saw themselves as an employee for other businesses and just a service provider. They didn't realize they were running businesses. And I still think there's thousands of accountants out there that don't realize they're running actual businesses. So it's really interesting. And that is how, that's kind of the cornerstone for everything we do. It's like, it's okay. You weren't meant to know all of this, but we do know the answers now. And we as a community can help you out. And, um, and I hadn't thought of it from the point of the storytelling to help people like the storytelling. And then here's a course. And that's what you're kind of saying. Yes, people want to know and they want you to be vulnerable, but they also want to know, OK, so what do we do about it? Or how do mm. we move forward? How everyone likes to have the happy ending at the end. They don't, <laughs> don't they? And, and I mean, it might not be that you're at that. And this is what we say. Document your journey wherever you're up the ups and downs and think oh, oh, I've got my yeah I've got my son like sharing his like qualifications and things on LinkedIn I'm like have it as a live story as it goes along and mm. you know he's got he's got an application for uni that's he's been one accepted one he's not been accepted I'm like tell tell people about it the ups and downs that's what people want to know so it's really I'd never thought of it that way around and it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that too. I mean, that, that's that's interesting for me as well. And I think for me, lived experience and storytelling is the perfect vehicle to drive change. Uh, and obviously that can work both ways as well. So we need to use it very respectfully. But it's a reason you won't find me on Facebook or, or Instagram or Twitter is because actually what you find is we're encouraging people to be vulnerable and to talk, which is an amazing thing. However, unless you catch people with the solutions, it becomes this kind of mosh pit of despair. And I, I certainly found on Twitter where I work a lot in the education space, also actually in the prison and reform space as well. But uh, as parents, you will know, kind of like prisons a lot easier than schools um, <laughs> anytime, any single time. Um, but it's important to recognize that if we're encouraging people, we need to catch them with a solution. And I think that's where uh, one of the learning curves for me in your space, so accountancy and bookkeeping, I'm outside of your sector in, in a professional environment. I was always client facing in my roles. Um, but I was asked to keynote at Accountex 2017. 
And that's where I first started to kind of meet people in your walks of life. And what I found was we actually had quite a lot of commonality. Naturally, weirdly, I'm an introvert. So I recharge in my own company. I love what I do, but I go into a dark corner and listen to some country music afterwards to kind of recharge my soul again. Um, but knowing that helps me to recharge. What I found was that it was the first time a context of la uh, had laid on something which wasn't solution focused. And it was like standing room only and people were like sat on the floor. And so there's a desire to engage in my approach. There's a, a real desire to have emotional conversations and emotionally led kind of coaching and even leadership, I guess. But traditionally, and also from a characteristic point of view, it's really tough to start to engage with things when generationally and culturally you've been brought up to, to, to not do that. Um, and we find that a lot in the UK. I work globally. And when I talk about my experiences like counselling and therapy, for example, in the US, if I mention that, my US audience say, well, of course you do, Billy Boy. Everybody else has counselling and therapy too. What are you thinking about? In the UK, it's like, this guy's a freak. He just tells us he still has therapy, that kind of thing. And so there's cultural differences, there's generational differences. And I think as a sector, I think accountancy and bookkeeping is kind of one of the, the last bastions of traditional business. And I'm not saying this because I'm on the call to you right now. It's genuinely true. It's amazing people like you that are changing the culture from within the industry. Because being outside, there's only so much I can do and deliver. But it's people like you that are really blazing the way. So it's to keep up the great work. Oh, Nick, thank you. Well, do you know, I think, um, oh, you've picked up on a lot of things there. And you mentioned this idea of having this like mosh pit of despair and, you know, like how we don't like to talk about mental health, particularly. Uh, I, my mum's got quite complex mental health challenges. We were in, ch in care at times as children and um, she still is working through that now. Um, mm -hmm. I get quite anxious. I had a bit of an anxiety attack uh, when Joe and I were due to run an event recently uh, and I had to not attend. It was, a, it, well, Joe was amazing. It was, I suppose that's why maybe there's two of us, but um, <laughs> you know, we all, we experienced this stuff, but I, in the past haven't wanted to share that because um i've been quite like i'm quite a matter of fact person i suppose i'm very much like that has happened this is what we're going to do here are some facts like i am that that person and joe laughs about that like i bring that kind of energy to our relationship joe's much more of a hugger and um like and i think that's quite a nice balance for us but i think um sometimes i can I worry that like if we go and share everything it like drags everyone down and we get like into all of this detail but actually um there is more of a conversation now about emotional intelligence and in the six-figure bookkeeper we have a very pink brand we mainly work with women we definitely have guys in our community but I would say that in our actual membership from the, for the six month success program it's less than five percent of our clients are male um but i think actually having that community of women we do have a higher level of emotional intelligence perhaps that is this is a generalization but just perhaps in terms of the kinds of conversations that we're having and as we're um we're starting to open up about those things it is making that more I don't know, dis it's more discussed on this sort of platform because we're obviously bringing people through who are now becoming more visible and sharing what they're doing and just naturally that becomes part of the conversation. So I really hope that we're able to have more of this. But what I'm curious about is, like, how do you 
start to feel comfortable because you can tell I'm still quite like oh how much of this should I tell you like I still Mm. feel like that this is on YouTube this is everywhere uh (laughs) I still feel like oh I don't know what is okay to say and I just wonder how you start to feel comfortable about sharing that kind of stuff so I get look the honest answer to that is I I reached a point in 2012 where, where I had a breakdown and it was after a decades of mental illness and, and mental health challenges. So the honest answer, as much as I like to, for it to be fluffier, is this was either going to be something that consumed me or I had to let it out. And and I just chose um, to let it out through using speaking. And, and that's kind of how I did it. But you're quite right. The more that I start to speak about my experiences, you also have other factors come in. So you have other players in our lives and actually how will it impact them to, for that to be kind of brought out into the into the light kind of thing. My way of dealing with that is I actually invited uh, my mum and my sister to an event I was speaking at, which was a ballsy move, but it worked really well. So uh, but it, so you, I think there's so many factors. I think we talk about the importance of vulnerability. It also needs to be safeguarded in a way. So it's kind of like you, you gradually share more. And I think vulnerability starts with just having a better conversation with yourself. And there is an element of the more comfortable we, we become with this, you kind of need to ask yourself, if you're not showing the world your true self, personally or professionally, how do you expect the world to engage with you on your terms if you're not sharing the fact that you need help or support? As we've kind of mentioned already, we put what's going on with us out there, we will get help back. Um, and, and essentially, it's again, if you're not living a life or running a business or having a career on your terms and whose terms are you doing these things on so actually it becomes just as much about kind of personal development and empowerment as it does about mental health and speaking and i think that thoughts enough to to really kind of scare me enough daily to start to continue to explore that and it is a constant journey this isn't like hallelujah this guy's cured i manage my stuff daily to varying degrees of success However, the difference is, as you go through this stuff, you build up a playbook and actually you know what what you go to, what your go-to stuff is to start to recharge your energy when you need it the most. And I've got massive admiration for what you just shared. I think it's when it comes to delivering that message to an audience, I always say that it's really important to go as slow as possible. So use your pace and your tone and volume to slow it right down, not just to allow you time to think through things you were as you were talking, as you so eloquently done, but also to allow your audience time to keep up with you because potentially you could be resonating with a lot of people right now by sharing that. So it allows them time to think about how that lands with their lives as well. It's It, it gets to a point where it's no longer about me, it's about everybody else and how do they want to be engaged with this stuff on. Um, so it's a gradual process. It's an evolution. The same talk that I delivered as my therapy in 2012 is now the talk that I deliver globally on stages and stuff it's just evolved with me and it's evolved with the world and the world's a very different place now than it was in 2012 and um so i think it's just you're continually writing the story of your life but i think when you're doing that that you are constantly reaffirming the the positive changes you you kind of you set out on this mission to get to know yourself again it's so easy for us to get lost and we lose our identity and i think by really focusing on your story and your storytelling even if it's just yourself you really start to get a, a real grasp on where you are and what help you need at any one given time. Probably a really rambly answer to that. I do apologise. 
no that was amazing and I think uh yeah I think I'm very much like that happened move on what have I learned like uh, but actually being able to share that uh shows I think it, hopefully it's empowering for people who are like well actually I can work through that and um there's someone else who's going through that with me but also you know it doesn't mean I can't be successful um so I hope that that's helpful anyway uh, but we, we all have stuff like I think we all have we stuff and we don't realize it we just don't realize it we do. And I think if anyone has been through, anyone watching this now has been through the kind of counselling or therapy process, you'll know that one of the, the key foundations that you look to strive for is acceptance. And and it is true that everything that you've ever said and everyone that you've ever been and everything that you've ever done has led to exactly where you are now. All of your perceived failures, your past and everything else, that's the undeniable truth. And it's the acceptance of where you are now. It's a really difficult thing sometimes to achieve. But once you do that, it's truly liberating because very often we'll start to build a future personally and professionally designed by fear. So if somebody has hurt you before, if you've had a failed business before, then all of these things can actually be ring fenced from your future. And therefore you're cutting off really great opportunities because you've been hurt once before. And it's amazing the amount of people that will build a future based on fear when actually the reality is, as you've so uh, brilliantly proven, Joe, is that you can go again and do things better by using that same experience that would have stopped somebody else. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that is so, so true. And there are many times where I think everybody um, in business, in life, can feel like it's, it's not gone right again. And finding that finding that energy to get up and start again and um, yeah, so it is, and I and I definitely have over time found people maybe on social media or I've watched something or listened to something and thought, and then you feel like, wow, I want to know more about their story. And then you kind of consume, you find, you go down this rabbit hole. And, you, and now I find that um, sometimes that happens, people are obviously following what we're doing and someone mm. will go and accidentally like a post of mine from Facebook from like 2016 or something. And I'm like, Oh, they've gone on that rabbit hole and they're like consuming <laughs> everything that I've put out. Cause I know I've done it with people in the past. I'm like, Oh, they've got a book. Oh, they've got a course. Oh, they've got a website. I need to see everything because their story was so compelling and it made me feel better about where I was in my story. And, and I, but I think people underestimate, how important this where they are right now they feel lots of people especially bookkeepers and accountants feel like yeah but what i, I need to do that first before i could start sharing my story i need to get that achievement or mm. i need to you know what i've got to say now isn't of value and i think we really do underestimate everything that we've been through i mean i watch i've got two um teenage children and one preteen and seeing the things that they're going through now with regards to um, not being in school over COVID and then mm -hmm. going back and the friendships and the um, trying out clubs or things when no one's had a club for a while or, and like having to put themselves into situations and, you know, and, and now my children are having issues sometimes with mental health or, you know, they teenagers. I mean, we all go through things, don't we? And now I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, but, their stories are so, and they will be so valuable to someone else. And we, me and Zoe always try and say, like, you only have to be like one step ahead of someone else to give them. And actually, 
I feel, and we, we, we try and bring up some of our members to get, give them a platform to talk because I've been in business for so long. Zoe's been in business for so long. And we sometimes think, mm-hmm. oh, we too many steps down to give that something. And people get, have the excuse of, oh, well, it's okay for them. They're 10 years on further than me. So that's why we try and give a platform to our people that just started and like newbies. And they're like, I've only just started. Yeah, but it's brilliant for the person that's not even decided if this is the career for them. They mm-hmm. want to know what it's like one year down the line. That's brilliant for them. Um, and, I, and I think everyone has so much to give and um yeah i think oh it's it's so nice so nice to hear but where do we okay so i the bookkeepers and the accountants sitting there listening now yeah they're thinking that's all well and great okay so maybe i've got a story maybe i can understand that i have been on some kind of journey and i'd like how do they share it where do they share it um where do they get started Cool. So I'm a big hugger as well. I like to throw that into the mix. If we ever meet in person, I'm a big hugger as well. Um, the um, Okay, so I think for me, it's about one of the exercises I like to do. So I run these kind of quarterly events called Find Your Voice. And it's one of the events I love to do, or sorry, the exercise I like to do is to start to think about the story of your life. Now, you forget how many experiences and things that you've been through, lived through, survived through, had successes, had perceived failures. So actually, I like to design that and write it as if you were delivering a, key, a, a one-hour keynote. So even if it goes nowhere, write in the safety of your own home, the safety of your own privacy, write an hour worth of verbal kind of content. So you're looking at probably about 10 or 12 pages of the story of your life. Now, once you have that, not only have you got the foundations to start to put together a keynote and you can start to see the value of your experiences from an audience perspective, but also 12 pages is 12 blogs, 12 blogs is a book. So it starts to get really, really interesting that that same content, as I said, that I delivered in 2012 is now my career. It's nuts to think that way, but it's true. But it all started with one day sitting there and thinking, right, okay, what what can I share? And at the time it was also, what, what can I share as well at the time? And as I've gone through getting used to being more vulnerable, you start to become more okay with it. Um, somebody was convinced I was committing LinkedIn suicide once by... Uh, I was working for Tesco, uh, delivering groceries to the good people of the Southwest. Hello, everyone. Um, <clears throat> because when I first left the safe shores of employment, um, the mortgage doesn't get paid on dreams and missions. So uh, I was working 36 hours a week delivering groceries. Now, again, that vulnerability is not always about our personal challenges and our experiences of mental health. Actually, vulnerability was me doing a video on a Sunday morning dressed in high vis, saying this is what I'm doing to keep the dream alive. So anybody out there is working a plan B to get to a plan A, I'm with you. And people were thinking like, this guy's nuts. He's just literally, people are going to see this. But the amount of traction that that post got, because there are so many people that having to do side hustles and have family life and all these commitments that we have, it was just so refreshing to hear somebody saying like, this is actually what I'm doing when I'm not doing what I'm doing. That's vulnerability. Vulnerability is um, if for bookkeepers and, and accountants who are tuned into this, when you next go to a networking meeting and you've got three other accountants or uh, or bookkeepers in the room, why sh- why would you be different than anybody else? You do the same things. You offer the same products, the same services. The difference is you. The difference is your story and your experiences and maybe the how you got to where you are or what you do differently in terms of emotionally of support or sharing an experience, sharing something exciting, sharing a memory hook. So work on the story of your life, but also in these little opportunities you get to speak, networking events, sales pitches, client engagements, 
the reality is your clients, if you're a great bookkeeper and a decent human being, which I'm sure you all are, they will have the same level of trust and rapport with you than they would their counsellor or their GP. I promise you, having worked in the, or work in the financial well-being space so often as well, I know the importance of money in terms of a trusted relationship. So you will end up having big conversations with people about big subjects and including mental health. So actually, when you're having those conversations, it is about showing a little bit more of yourself to get that depth of relationship, but also about self-protection as well. Very often, especially as, as entrepreneurs and self-employed people generally, we will feel guilty when we put ourselves before anything or anyone. When actually self-protection is key. Being selfish is key. So it's like the old airplane adage, isn't it? We need to put our oxygen mask on first to be strong enough to help other people or we get taken down with everybody else. And we need to recognize that. So write the story of your life, but be prepared to start to manage your emotional well-being. The more vulnerable you become, the more sensitive you may feel. You may, it may impact your energy, but you may encourage more conversations that you need to really kind of start to work on your self-protection too. Oh my goodness. I'm, uh, I was just thinking about the idea of writing a 10 to 12 page uh, keynote through my past. And I was like, I oh, can't do that is too painful. Like that just feels scary to do that. And I expect there are people sitting here thinking some painful stuff's going to come. I mean, Joe, Joe and I did an exercise a while ago where we were looking at our achievements and we were like, we had to look back, like, what have you achieved in the last year? What did you achieve in the five years before that? Do you remember, Joe? And we were like, right, and we were like, oh, my God, yeah, that was the year I did that. And I got that and I passed on my A-levels or, you know, you were like working back through that. And it makes you think about um, all of the things that were happening then. And, um, and and actually, you forget how you forget what you've done, because we don't often sit down and think about that. But I can also sense look, I can just feel the resistance to there's no way I'm ever going to do that. And I suspect there are people. Oh, oh, and she's, uh, gone. Uh, she's gone. She's gone. But yeah, so yeah, I'm sure I, there I, are I, lots of people with resistance. Yeah. I can imagine. Whereas for me, I, I because I'm naturally, a, I'm like, oh, that's an exciting project. And <laughs> don't get me wrong. I've got a lot of rub. I mean, my friends, my best friends at school used to be like, are you sure you don't live on the EastEnders set? The amount of stuff going badly in your family's life. Are you sure you're not acting? And and it's and people wouldn't believe me. And it's not that I haven't got um, emotions and really mm. horrible stuff, but actually I feel compared to shit. And I always have. That's just me. I'm just like mm. that. And and my um, my dad, he's passed away now, but he used to say, "Oh my goodness, you're just like me." If anyone said to you, "How much are your mortgage payments?" You'd tell them then and there. I have nothing. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> really, yeah. me. You can ask me anything, and I will tell you the truth. But Zoe's really different. And so there will be people like Zoe that's like, what? Oh, that's resistance. And how do you get through that? Yeah, so, and thanks for that, Joe. And I think it's so important to recognise that when it comes to uh, resistance to kind of do this stuff, if I ask somebody to give me one of their successes, they really struggle. If I said, tell me about a failure, that start to really list them. As you just said, it's really easy to do that. However, the problem is when we compare, our, and this is why it's such a powerful exercise, when we start to replay our past experiences with a current day mentality, it's basically comparing fairy stories. We'll never have the right perspective. So what you do is actually you're, you're looking back with a really different perspective, with a more neutral perspective, actually, because you can look back on situations with an adult perspective. Actually, 
I can kind of understand that now. It may not have been good, but I kind of understand that now. But what we're trying to do here is to not see it through our eyes. We're trying to see it from an audience eyes, through an audience perspective. What would they learn from uh, your experiences? And I think that's that's where we need to try and get to. Because one of the byproducts of having poor mental health or things like high anxiety is the uh, the kind of the desire to ruminate on past mistakes or catastrophize what's to come. Very often, it's a great exercise to really make you focus on what actually happened. I always say to people that with when it comes to, if you think about something that's really stressing you out right now, we think of something that's making you really anxious right now, we need to start to qualify these things. Is this fact? Is this actually fact? Is this happening? And if it is, we can reach out for help. We can approach that situation or that person. And we, or we can look for development or even counselling. However, very often, in the vast majority of cases, it's a story we're telling ourselves about that situation. We're comparing it to previous experiences or even that kind of catastrophizing what's to come. As I mentioned, I do a lot of work in schools. As a parent, you may understand this, that uh, a young lady said to me once, what really makes her anxious is when she messages her friend and her friend doesn't message her back. But that's not what makes her anxious. That's a transaction. What's making her anxious is the story she's telling herself about that transaction. She actually heard back from her friend by the end of the session, but that's by the by. The point is, she's telling herself she's been dismissed or judged or not loved. We've fallen out. I've offended them. It's a story which creates the damage. And very often, it's wrong because we're hardwired to look for danger. We're hardwired to look for fear. The amount of times we will start to try and get closure on situations and we're waiting for that kind of perfect moment or we catastrophize what's to come. I think assumptions are a really powerful thing. We need to kind of stop it. And the power of the exercise is to look back with a fresh perspective. And it is powerful. And it, it is scary sometimes as well. And actually, sometimes for me, when I was doing this exercise, it actually highlighted what I need to reach out for help for, whether that be professional help or whether it's just like kind of personal development or even coaching capacity. Um, so, yeah, I hope that explains it. Again, long-winded. I do apologize. <laughs> Never get a speaker on your podcast. <laughs> it's it's so helpful because I think, like, for so many of us, we talk about social media a lot, getting ourselves out there, you know, not just in, like, speaking in, you know, for a lot of people, this is going to be about going into a networking event, doing something they've not been comfortable with before, sharing something, maybe doing a presentation or, you know, with some slides and things, but trying to weave some of the story and why it's important into that. But even with things like social media, which we know marketing is important for bookkeepers and accountants to grow their client base, even just getting out anything, even if it's like a tax tip or something, you know, people are always um, holding themselves back. And like you say, it's because of the stories of what they think might happen because someone might you mentioned about the idea of fear of ridicule like mm. early on and you know people have these things going on for themselves so it's really important to think right where is this coming from because otherwise we are going to stop ourselves from moving forward um so it's been incredibly interesting thank you so much yeah absolutely and again it leads into things like imposter syndrome and procrastination so many other things that we can talk about <laughs> maybe a future episode um <laughs> Amazing. it's just giving people a little bit more about you to, to, to get a really a depth of relationship than any superficial message will ever deliver. Perfect. Thank you so much, Nick. We really love speaking to you today. Fun. It's flown by as well, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Let us know how people can connect with you and find out more about what you do. Yeah, nice and simple, just like me at nickelston.com. You can find it all through there. Perfect. Thank you.
thank you so much and thanks everyone for joining us we'll see you next week for another episode of the bookkeepers podcast take care bye thank you don't forget to join us every week on the bookkeepers podcast the topical bookkeeping chat why not join our free facebook group the six figure bookkeepers club or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com